Today I'm going to address, teach on the topic of early morning prayer. And uh, I believe there are some that um, would misunderstand or underestimate this important truth, while others, I believe, seem to stumble over the demands of the early morning prayer. And I've never really directly addressed or taught on this subject, but I believe that it's uh, crucial that we have a right view here. If we don't have a right view, because this is uh, something very basic, uh, very foundational in the kingdom of God, we must have a right view of this. We'll be reading out of uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 5. The book of Psalms, chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Psalms 5, starting in verse 1. Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee will I pray, my voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Amen. Our thought, as I mentioned here this morning, is the early morning prayer or the early morning devotional. Father, I draw nine to you here this morning, and I ask you to draw nine to me and draw nine to us as a church. Lord, that we would have ears to hear, Lord, that your word would come forth here this morning with authority. Lord, that our hearts would be turned to you, Father God. I pray, Lord, that each of us would establish that prayer life, Father, that you have orchestrated, ordained, Lord God, that you intend for each of us, Lord, that you would help us, enable us, Pour your Spirit out upon us. Pour your Spirit out on each brother, each sister here. Draw us unto yourself. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now we are having, amen, this period of time in the local church where we are stressing the importance of prayer. And we have reiterated over and over again that prayer is utterly essential to maintaining divine life in the human soul. Nothing is more fundamental to the divine human relationship than heartfelt and sincere communication or prayer. You can't really say you have a relationship with God if you never talk to God. Amen? So it stands to reason if we are to endure to the end, if we're to overcome the spiritual obstacles that are before us, and ultimately fulfill our calling then we must, and I want you to listen carefully, we must learn to pray. Amen. It must become a habit of life. It must be our spiritual practice. And I fear that many people in regards to prayer, and I would remind you, and I know you've heard this time and time again, but nothing would be so fought in your life by the enemy, amen, as prayer. Amen. Uh, you're going to face the devil if you're going to seek to establish a prayer life. But I believe as the battle has raged in many of your lives, I fear that many of you have become discouraged. Amen. You give up and you resign to the lie of the devil, which goes something like this. 
Amen. You're not like other people. Amen. You're never going to be a man or a woman of prayer. That is a lie of the devil. And I believe one of the things that the Spirit of God is seeking to do during this time is to revive faith and to revive hope. You can never give up that that fight to establish that devotional life. Amen. If you lay down that fight, if you refuse, amen, to press in, to resist the devil, to submit to God in regards to establishing a devotional life, then you are basically forfeiting the life of Christ. Because sooner or later, amen, you're going to become so weak, the devil is going to steal from you, and you won't even know what's taking place. You see, if we can just, as a church, establish and maintain a corporate atmosphere of prayer, in other words, seeing each and every single born-again soul here in the habit of prayer, then nothing will be impossible for us. Nothing shall be impossible for a praying people. And we know it's the will of God. It is a basic and fundamental principle of the kingdom that God intended for this house. God intended for consuming fire fellowship to be what? A house of prayer. Mr. James Stewart said to the man who prays habitually, not only when he feels like it, that is one of the snares of religion. But also when he does not feel like it, Christ is sure to make himself real. Oh, what a wonderful quote that is. Let let me help interpret that for you. If you only pray when you feel like it, then you're religious and not spiritual. Amen. You see, the key is to make this a habit, a discipline of life. Amen. To realize and to recognize that prayer is absolutely imperative to overcome and to endure the end. Not because you earn something by praying, but praying is a venue of grace. Jesus is the source of all spiritual life and all spiritual power. But if we don't fellowship, if we don't have union and communion, with God through Christ, then how can we expect the grace of God to overcome? So here this morning, by the Scriptures, I intend to address two basic absolutes regarding early morning prayer. First of all, that morning prayer is something God's Spirit will lead us to establish. Amen. Early morning prayer is something God's Spirit will lead us to establish. Well, the Holy Ghost, Brother Brett, has never told me that. That's because you're not listening. Amen. Just tune your ears. Take heed to what the Spirit is going to say to the church here this morning. Amen. And you're going to hear Him telling you, you need to establish our early morning prayer life. Secondly, though a devotional life is indeed our moral obligation. If we are to truly embrace and fulfill our call to prayer, it must become not just our duty, but it must become our joy. It must become our joy. These are two absolutes. Amen. And I believe the Holy Ghost is going to help us here this morning. We've got to get this straight. If you're out here under the sound of my voice, 
and your mentality is, you know, the, the morning time, the, it doesn't matter. It's all the same. I'll just pray when it's best or more convenient for me. Listen to me. You are never going to establish a life of prayer with that mentality. You need to put that on the altar and slaughter it without mercy. You're going to have to establish this. So first of all, we're going to look at morning prayer. It's something that God's Spirit, amen, will no doubt lead us to establish. We read there in Psalms chapter 5, the psalmist declared, For unto thee will I pray, my voice shall thou hear in the morning. Now let me get something straight here from the very beginning. There's never a wrong time to pray. Amen? It's good to pray all the time. But throughout the Bible, what we will see here is there is a pattern. And if you just pick up your Bible and study this, you're going to see it as well. Men of faith were led to pray in the morning. Not exclusively in the morning. Not saying that men didn't pray at other times. But we're going to see this pattern of morning devotion. For the sake of time, I'm not going to cite every case. Amen. I'll send you to your Bible for that. If there's any doubt, and I don't believe there should be after we preach here this morning, but if there's any doubt, just take your Bible. Just plug in in your concordance on your computer morning, early morning in prayer, and just read, amen, over and over. Punch in evening. Punch in noontime. Amen. You're going to find people praying at all different hours of the day. But the vast majority, amen, the overwhelming time that you see people praying is early in the morning. So I'm not going to mention every sign. But I'm just going to, or I'm not going to cite every example. But we'll begin with Abraham. The prototype of a man who walks by faith. He was apparently an early riser. Genesis 19 and 27, and Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. Sounds like he had a history. Amen. His most memorable act of obedience, namely when God told him to sacrifice Isaac on Mount Moriah, it was in the context of an early morning prayer meeting. Amen says in Genesis 22 and 3, And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his son, clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place which God had told him. Jacob we find him at Bethel. Bethel, amen, it, it means the house of God. He rose up early to honor God. Genesis 28 and 18. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. Amen. Basically, he made an altar, which is typical of prayer. Likewise, the watershed spiritual moment, amen, for the patriarch Jacob was when he wrestled with God at Penal. Amen. You read that account there. Amen. It was early in the morning. Moses rose early to draw nigh to God, says in Exodus 24 and 4. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the hill. In Second Chronicles chapter 29, King Hezekiah, a great human instrument and agent of revival in his generation, in his zeal to restore the house of God, he rose up early to offer sacrifice. 
In the book of Job, even the Bible says that Job continually rose up early to intercede for his children. Amen. And the word continually is used in the text. Likewise, as our text indicates, the Psalms are filled with examples of early morning devotion, some of which are found, amen, Psalms 59 and 16. But I will sing of thy power. Yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning. For thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. Psalm 63 and 1. O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. My flesh longeth for Thee in a dry and a thirsty land where no water is. Psalms 88 and 13. But unto Thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent Thee. Psalms 119 and 147. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried and hoped in Thy word. Psalms 130 and 6. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Amen. Even the virtuous woman in uh, Proverbs chapter 31, and she is typical of the church. It said that she rises early. Amen. A great time before day to find provision for her household. Amen. Of course, the scriptures reveal Jesus. Amen. A lot about his prayer life. And he did, of course, pray at all different times. But it appears his habit was that of an early seeker. Mark 1 and 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there praying. Amen. It was even common for the people whom Jesus ministered to, those who rose up early to go and hear him preach, Luke 21 and 38, and all the people came early in the morning to him in the temple for to hear him. I don't believe Jesus just rolled out of the sack and began to preach. Do you? If he's preaching early in the morning, I believe he prayed early in the morning before he preached. Amen. Mary Magdalene was honored as the first Christian to see the resurrected Christ because she rose up early to do so. So testimonies of early morning prayer are found throughout the scriptures among God's people. And this is undeniably true regarding church history as well. When you go back and look at the men, amen, that shaped their generations and influenced, amen, their seasons and times with Christ, it was because they were men that rose up early. And uh, I went, uh, you know, last night and just looked at all kind of quotes, and I thought, well, I could quote just, uh, you know, dozens and dozens, but I thought for the sake of time, I, I, I don't have to convince you of that, do I? You don't find anybody, that, any revivalists or reformers or church, you don't find them saying, don't worry about praying, wake up later. You, you don't find them saying that, amen. Men that were spiritual, men that were godly, or men that rose up early and sought God. In my own experience, and I trust in your own experience, I have never met a spiritual man that treated early morning prayer with disregard. Not one time, not one case, amen. E.M. Bounds said the men who have done the most for God in this world have been early on their knees. He who fritters away the early morning, its opportunity and freshness, and other pursuits other than seeking God, will make poor headway seeking Him the rest of the day. If God is not first in our thoughts and efforts in the morning, He will be the last place the remainder 
of the day. Amen. Again, I don't deny that the scriptures, amen, record examples of saints praying in nearly every hour. But the overwhelming evidence points, amen, to the importance of the early morning prayer. Now, moreover, we turn back to the Old Testament and we see the law of the manna in the wilderness. Amen. And manna, of course, is what? A type of what? Jesus. Amen. He said, I'm that bread that came down from heaven. So the, the law of the manna, it teaches us the habit of early morning devotion. The parallels are stunning. You can read about it in Exodus chapter 16 as it's outlined there. And as you read through it, it should speak to anyone who's got a spiritual mind. First, it's important to note that this divine order of provision. Now, remember, it was a natural provision under the Old Covenant, but it's typical of spiritual provision under this covenant. Amen. But it says here that God implemented this system, if you will, or this order of provision was implemented by God to test and to prove the Jews. It says in Exodus 16 and 4, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. That's a promise. That's a promise. He told him, I'm going to rain for everything that you have need of for that day. I'm going to rain it from heaven. And the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day. Now, you're not going to receive a portion. Amen. You're not going to receive provision irrespective of faith acting on the Word of God. That I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. It's so simple. It's so simple and so plain. And yet we know by being students of the Bible that the Jews in their unbelief chafed under this. And they, they, they despised it. And they complained about it. Amen. But you see, it's the same with us. God has told us, if you will seek me early, you will find me. That's a promise. It's the same promise. I'm going to rain bread down. I'm going to rain heavenly bread. I'm going to give you Christ. If you will seek me early, you will find me. But we don't do it. We fall after the same example of unbelief that the Bible so graciously warns us not to follow after. You see, when you look at that law, the parallels are just stunning. Every man was responsible to gather according to his own eating. Amen? Now, he could gather for his household. Those, I would like to say, you know, or like to look at it as, you know, the head of the house, of course, can provide. There is some spiritual blessing. But those above the age of accountability, if you will, amen, no one else is going to get it for you. You've got to get it for yourself. They were to gather every day except the Sabbath. And if they tried to stretch that daily portion more than one day, it bred worms and stank. Amen. I can tell you to my shame, I've tried to stretch that daily portion before, and I've found, amen, that it does breed worms and it stinks. The sad thing is when you lose the ability to discern that you're stinking, and you lose the ability to discern that you're breeding worms, and you think you're anointed, amen, and you're living, amen, in the smoke of yesterday's fire. Amen. It's a daily thing. You've got to pray through. You've got to go out by faith. And you've got to gather that provision. They were to gather the manna just any time they felt like. 
They don't, don't, don't put me under legalism. Evening time is just as good as morning time. No, they had to get it before the sun waxed hot or it melted away. Amen. And finally, when Israel backslid, she utterly despised everything about manna and was constantly yearning for something else. If these types don't teach a pattern of early morning prayer, then I do not know what does. I can tell you, you look back at history, many godly men have agreed with my assessment. Andrew Murray said the manna of one day was corrupt when the next day came. I must every day have fresh grace from heaven, and I obtain it only in direct waiting upon God himself. Begin each day by tearing before God and letting him touch you. Amen. We're looking at the Bible. We're seeing these times. We're seeing what God has to say about the early morning prayer or the early morning devotional. Amen. Moreover, there are other principles in the scriptures that testify of the early morning devotional. Perhaps foremost is the principle of the first fruits. The scriptures are ripe with references of first fruits, first things, best things, consecrated things. For example, Proverbs 3 and 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Ezekiel 20 and 40. For in my holy mountain, in the mountain of the height of Israel, saith the Lord God, there shall be, there shall all the house of Israel, all of them in the land, serve me. There will I accept them, and there will I require your offerings and the first fruits of your oblations with your holy things. You see, verses like these, and there are many, many other verses uh, that parallel these, they they promote the principle of first fruits. Now, it's true. God owns everything. Amen? God owns everything. But He's granted us a stewardship of those things that we do possess. And when I say that, I'm not speaking merely of material things, but abstract things as well. Amen. Talents, abilities, and yes, even time. But you see, in God's divine order, in other words, you know, we really owe all to God. I'm not suggesting, amen, you can give a portion of your life to God, and that's sufficient. Amen. It's just like the tithe. The tithe is a testing ground. Doesn't mean that we owe all, we need to be led by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost could demand your entire income. And we all know that. But the tithe is a testing, a proving ground. So God, amen, we owe everything to Him. Yet in God's divine order, He claims a special right to the first fruits of everything. So according to this principle, this would be true with our time as well. Robert Murray McKeon said, I ought to pray before seeing anyone. Often when I sleep long or meet with others early, it is 11 or 12 o'clock before I begin secret prayer. This is a wretched system. It is unscriptural. Christ arose before day and went into a solitary place. David says, early will I seek thee. Thou shalt early hear my voice. Family prayer loses much of its power and sweetness. And I could do no good to those who come to seek from me, 
the conscience feels guilty, the soul unfed, the lamp not trimmed, then when in secret prayer the soul is often out of tune, I feel it is far better to begin with God, to see His face first, to get my soul near Him before it is near another. Thus, if a Christian seeks first the kingdom of God regarding his time, then he will offer the first fruits of his day, amen, by the means of prayer. A wise man once said, if you don't plan to pray, then you're never going to pray. And that is wisdom indeed. How many of you tried that out? How many proved that principle there? Amen. It's true. Amen. You don't plan to pray, you're not going to pray. Again, some people have the idea that every part of the day is the same. Amen. And I agree in one sense, every part of the day is, amen, uh, appropriate for prayer. Do you understand? I'm not suggesting you can't pray any time of the day. Amen. Pray without ceasing. Be an individual who gives yourself to prayer. But I am here to tell you by the Holy Ghost this morning, amen, to establish such a spirit. You cannot, amen, neglect the early morning prayer, the first thing. The discipline. Amen. You find someone who's a giver in their life. Someone who is really uh, led by the Spirit of God in, in giving of their material uh, possessions to the kingdom of God. Amen. You're going to find someone who's first been a faithful tither. They're going to find someone always giving offerings and out on time. Anybody I've ever met amen, and said, I don't believe in tithing. You're covetous. Just look at their checkbook and find out. Just see how they give to the church. Amen. They don't like giving nothing. Amen. That's why they hate tithing. And you find a man who despises early morning prayer. Amen. I don't care what he says. He doesn't have a consistent prayer life. So, amen. I I believe that, uh, you know, you can pray at every part of the day. But, you know, in the natural, even experience tells us otherwise. Even men who are lazy and like to sleep late, go to work late, they usually lack natural provision, don't they? Amen. You find someone who goes to work at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, you're going to find someone who doesn't have what they need in the natural. Amen. There's something wrong with that. And the Bible teaches us that. Amen. It speaks to the natural and the spiritual. In Proverbs 6, 9, 11, how long will thou sleep, O sluggard? Then will, uh, when will thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. I believe there is a dual application. This applies both spiritual and it applies in the natural. Too often people who resist the early morning prayer are like the slothful Israelite in the wilderness who allowed the sun to wax hot and melt away his provision. Amen. He goes out at 9, 10, 11, 12 o'clock, and though he seeks, he cannot find. Amen. And after that pattern is established a while, finally he knows, well, there's no sense me going out here this late because I'm not going to find anything anyway. And a lot of people that pray like that, just whenever they get a little time, sooner or later, amen, they begin to wallow around and drift in the Spirit, and it becomes 12, 1, 2 o'clock, I might as well just go to sleep, amen, no, no, no reason to be praying now, I'm not going to find anything anyway, that's going to be the pattern, 
of such people. On the other hand, the faithful Jew who gathered his portion in the morning could enjoy that portion for an extended 24 hours. In other words, he can eat at it. He can take some of it and he can taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. At six in the morning. And then he can take a little more at nine and at noon. Amen. And even at midnight, there is provision there. Amen. John Bunyan said, he who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. Amen. You see, I'm in the majority here of the holy crowd. I said, I may, it may be the minority, but I'm with the majority among those who are spiritual. I'm not teaching something to you. Amen. That, mo, that the, the, the revivalists and the reformers didn't teach. This is not something new. These are the old class. It's the healing praise crowd that chase an early morning prayer. Amen. It's the, it's those in the, it's the rock and road worship show. You pray early in the morning, that's legalism. That's what that'll bring you. I can tell you, listen to me. I've told this, uh, story before, but my own experience. I was a young Christian, and let me tell you something, God is merciful, and God will teach you. He wants to teach you by His Spirit to pray. And I'm here to tell you, amen, it, I've got good news for you. He's merciful and long-suffering. He knows there's a battle. But if you'll let Him, He will teach you. And I first started to pray. I went out at night. I didn't know uh, any better, really. I just went out at night and began to pray. And as my prayer life grew, I prayed from midnight, uh, you know, into the morning time. And I established, by the grace of God, a very consistent, amen, and a very uh, uh, passionate prayer life. But do you know, uh, uh, the more I sought God, the more the Spirit of God began to deal with me. He didn't tell me it's wrong for me to pray at midnight. Do you understand? But he said, you are neglecting to give me the first part of the day. And I began to get convicted. Now here, I'm an individual that's praying, amen, long periods of time. And I would go to churches and they would just mention a verse, like about early morning prayer, Jesus, right? And I would get convicted. And the Spirit of God dealt with me. I want the first part of that day. He never told me to quit praying late at night. But, you know, I began to pray early. And, and, and really during that season, there were early morning prayer meetings in our church for seasons. And uh, there were some early morning prayer meetings that I did attend off and on. But it wasn't my habit. My habit was late at night. I can tell you the top 10 spiritual experiences that I've had with God, probably the top 30, probably the top 50, and probably the top 100. We're out there on that levee by the LSU Vet School with Jesus Christ, amen, between 12 and 3 in the morning. Amen. There's nothing compared, no, no service I've ever been in ever compared, amen, to God's Spirit, amen, and me fellowshipping together during that season. But, you know, I began to have early morning prayer. And you might think, well, Brother Brian, it was probably wonderful and it was just Pentecost. No one. I haven't had that many powerful experiences in morning prayer. To be honest with you, my flesh, if you will, I love early morning prayer. I believe in early morning prayer. My will is aligned with God's will in regards early morning prayer. But I've never learned to like to get up at 5.30 in the morning. 
Amen. It, it didn't gotten any easier. It's gotten harder, maybe because I've gotten older. Amen. It's harder for me to pray, it seems like. And I'm, I'm going by what I feel. I, got, I don't get a lot of breakthrough, it's seemingly. But you see, listen to me. The Holy Ghost, by His Word, amen, convicted me that I need to give Him, I need to consecrate, amen, the first part of the day, amen, to Jesus. And by faith, that's what I am going to do, amen. That's what I'm going to do. You see, listen to me. The Bible says, and we'll uh, address this for, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Now, people say that means early in life. Well, you just look up that Hebrew word, amen, and this is what it means literally. Properly to dawn, to be up early at a task. By extension, to search or to do something early, to inquire early, to rise betimes, to seek diligently, literally early in the morning. That's what it means. Now, do I believe a verse like that can have a dual man? Of course. I believe you ought to seek him early in life. And I believe the scriptures, Ecclesiastes, amen, talks about I believe that that is a scriptural truth. Amen. But the, listen to me. This word here, when you read, amen, the literal inter, or the literal translation, amen, we need to know that I believe the primary thought that God is trying to communicate to us is early in the day. And yes, early in life, early in any endeavor, early in any ministry. That's all a scriptural truth, but I believe it does apply to the day-to-day application. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, the model prayer, amen, that he gave us certainly implies an early morning practice. The preparatory petition, give us this day our daily bread, makes absolutely no sense at the end of the day. Hudson Taylor, how many of you heard of him? Do not have your concert first and then tune your instrument afterwards. Begin the day with the Word of God in prayer and get first of all into harmony with Him. Hence, when considering all the evidence, it certainly appears early morning prayer is something God will lead us to establish. The real issue, and this is what I want to communicate to you, because this is where I believe there's a misunderstanding. The real issue is to consecrate the day Unto God. Now that's going to require that you talk. And this is where, you know, I see people just, like you're going to have to talk to God. How hard, how hard is that? You know, really, you know, go to Jesus' model prayer. I'm not saying to repeat just what you read in the scripture there, but there is a pattern, you know, enter into his presence, into his courts with praise and thanksgiving, you know, honor, thank you. How, how hard is it? Make yourself do it. <laughs> you understand? Get out in the morning. God, I love you. Thank you. Th- uh, you know, there's a lot you're blessed with. You just need to meditate on it. Amen? 
Thank you that I'm born again. Thank you that I'm in good health. Amen. Thank you I'm alive and not in hell. Thank you that, uh, you know, I have the Word. The, the, I mean, you know, on and on. There's so much that all of us can be thankful for. Then pray for daily provision. You know, you need to learn to pray the Word of God. And if you'll know the Word of God, the Spirit will bring that up in your spirit to pray according to His Word. But you know, you have to pray to learn to pray. But you've got to consecrate each day before God. This is the issue. To seek to pray through to a place of communion. And that demands that you speak. Amen? You know, if you set up a... a, a, a um, you know, like uh, Sister Becky, she's got someone uh, who is surveying her property, and so this is a legal matter. And so she uh, told the surveyor to come over and uh, survey her property, and they're going to establish some things. There's going to be basically contract covenant, amen. And the surveyor just walked up there, and she just re- where where is your property at? I mean, is anything going to get done? I mean, you, you, just, you know, just because you show up at an early morning prayer and you stare off into space, nothing, you're going to have to learn to speak. And really, it's, it's so simplistic. I mean, you're going to have to choose to speak to God. I mean, it doesn't matter what it feels. You see, listen to me. By faith, He promised you, I'm going to rain bread from heaven. It's there. Get it. I said it's there. Get it. Take it. Well, when I do, then I'm going to feel, you may not feel anything. I told you, I, I rarely feel anything in early morning prayer. Well, I'm just being honest with you. And I rarely feel anything. When I, I have greater seasons of prayer at other times of the day, that doesn't mean I'm going to forsake early morning prayer. Amen, because I really, and you know, God had mercy on me as a young Christian. But I believe if I forsake, amen, that first principle, those first three, it's going to be a detriment to the rest of my prayer life. But I need to make sure that I give that first part of the day to God. Now, we get to this issue. Should I be condemned if I don't pray in the morning? You know, I'm not the judge, really. Amen? I can't really give you that liberty. But I can say this, that God will be merciful to you. Well, Brother Rick, what if I, I, I pray 30 minutes rather? I, no one here has ever taught you that if you don't make absolutely 60 minutes in prayer, amen, that you're on your way to hell. Ain't nobody ever taught you that. You need to get out of the bed and consecrate your day to God. If you've never, ever done that, never consistently done it, amen, then start off small. Amen. And start off 15 minutes. Amen. Read your Bible. Amen. After that, start. I'm not telling you it's got to be a certain time. I do believe, amen, the minimum when we have, you know, kind of the, the, in exegesis, the law of the first mention or the law of the only mention. And in the New Testament, we have, excuse me. Jesus saying, can you not tarry with me one hour? I think that needs to be a reasonable goal. Amen? A reasonable goal. I don't think that's the end of our obligation. 
But I believe that you need to feel, amen, the pressure that I need to give, uh, you know, the first fruits to God. What if someone comes to me and, and asks me, you know, well, you're telling me that if I miss a church service, I'm going to hell. Now, how am I going to answer that? I, I can't say, well, no, you know, you're definitely going to hell. But I, this is what I will say. If you're really right with God, amen, you're going to be faithful where God puts you. Amen, you're not going to forsake the assembling, amen, of ourselves together as the manner of some is. That's what I'm going to say. Amen. And someone who can just loosely skip out on their local church is unfaithful. And likewise, someone who doesn't establish a habit of early morning prayer. Amen. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you how long that has to be. We established an early morning prayer meeting for accountability. Because you make it easier on you. At least you show up. You're there. Amen. And since you're there and already out of bed, might as well pray. Amen. But I think you need to feel your obligation. You know, some people, let me tell you something. Guilt is to your spiritual life like pain is to the body. Guilt's not a bad thing. I understand there's condemnation. In other words, there is that counterfeit guilt that you have to shake and you have to resist because it's not the Spirit of God. And I believe that's a real battle for some people. You have a weak conscience. Amen. You have to learn to rise up, amen, in the truth of the Holy Ghost and believe in, uh, in the blood and uh, resist the accusations of the enemy. But, you know, learn to embrace guilt instead of, you know, shunning it. Learn to accept the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know, really, if we're not praying like we ought to, shouldn't we feel guilty? I mean, do, do I really want to come to a... I, thank God! I'm not praying and I don't even feel guilty. What a terrible state to be in. Thank God you still feel guilty when you're not praying like you ought to. And you know, that really, you know, to be honest with you, I've always felt guilty about prayer. Because I've never prayed enough. And I don't expect any different. Amen. The moment that I'm like, well, thank God. See, my, my object is not to run from guilt. My object is to be conformed to the image of Jesus. But I'm not teaching you if you don't pray for you. Oh, I didn't pray for 50 minutes. I'm, I'm on my way to hell. I didn't, I didn't say that. I've never said that to you. Amen? That's a devil lying to you. But on the other hand, this is an issue. If you've laid it down and you say, well, I just, I'm never going to expect to pray. And listen to me. You're in danger. You, you're in danger. People... You can go out and you, you mingle with this, you know, apostate uh, mixture out here, and you bring up early morning prayer to people. And I can tell you those people that have been raised in that environment, amen, just like those Jews with that manner, think of it. It doesn't even make sense for them to attack God over providing them supernaturally with bread. The people do it now with prayer. Early morning, I thought I was going. Hell, because I didn't pray early in the morning. You're going to hell now. You and your bitter God-hating spirit, you're on your way to hell. You better be careful of that spirit. You better love prayer. You better embrace it. Amen. You better trust God even though He slay you. 
Secondly, here this morning, though prayer is our moral duty, it must become our loving practice. Love is the fulfilling of the law. Love is the fulfilling of our Christian obligation. Amen. Without love, you're not going to do, just to paraphrase or to put it in layman's term, without divine love in the heart, we are not going to be what God has called us to be. The motivation, the primary motivation, must be love. The psalmist said, O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. So we see here that the will is central, amen, to this whole dynamic of embracing prayer, fulfilling our call to pray, even to enter into effectual prayer. With our will, we must embrace and surrender to our utter need for fellowship and communion with God through prayer. I know that's a real simple. Everybody here agrees with that, right? It's an absolute truth. If you have not surrendered in your will to your utter need for communion with God, then you're not going to pray. And that's, that's a root problem there that has to be addressed. It has to be addressed with our will. All our problems with prayer revolve around unbelief and a refusal to give ourselves fully to God. Now, you talk to people about prayer. I've seen it over and over again. And listen to me. Let me get it. Have you always prayed the way that you should pray, Brother Rick? No, I haven't. But when I didn't, I knew why. Because I didn't love God. And that's the only reason. Amen. Amen? That's it. It's unbelief. No excuse. All our problems with prayer revolve around unbelief and a refusal to give ourselves fully to God. Set your excuses. As long as you say, I can't, as long as you said it isn't convenient, I'm a mother with little children. I remember when my wife was young, some woman in the church, supposed to be a spiritual woman, told my wife, don't, don't worry about praying in the morning. Maybe just pray when you wash the dishes. No friend of mine. Blind. Yeah, it's okay. God understands. He understands you're not praying. That's what he understands. Because you got a because you got children. Maybe you need to read your Bible and see what God demanded of people that had children. Amen. Because you have children, you're not going to pray. It just makes your children idols. That'd be the last thing I'd want to put before God is my children. Somebody say amen. It's the truth. In all spiritual sacrifice, the will is central in allowing the Spirit of God to grant us grace and freedom. And I know this second point is supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to do it out of love, so it's supposed to be encouraging. We're getting there. We've got to get past the will here. But I want you to think about it for a moment. Before you and I surrendered to the conviction of the Holy Ghost as sinners, drawing us unto Christ, having to surrender our life to be born again, 
Christianity from the outside looked bleak and uninviting. Is that right? Remember, amen? Oh, this is... <laughs> but once we, with our will, surrendered to the demands of the gospel, then grace and divine light flooded our experience, providing us with joy and strength. This is a... You may say, well, I still think Christianity is bleak. And You're not right with God! You think this is bleak and dry? You, you ain't born again. Oh, I got born again. I'll tell you what. Nothing like this. Nothing in the universe. How did I how how did I let the devil talk me out of this all my life? How did I shun Jesus Christ? How did I hate him so? How deceived I was. You put the will. Amen. And God's will. And they become one. And friend, I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost is going to fall from heaven. Amen. The fire is going to consume the sacrifice. The pattern is always the same. Amen. Even with incremental sanctifying divine light. Amen. When we receive new light, until we resign our will to the call of God, our vision remains obscured and our experience is one of defeat. If ye know these things, happy are ye if you do them. He that doeth my will, he will know. The doctrine. A good understanding he gives to all that keep the commandments. Hey, when you see, listen to me, faith must respond. And if, in regards to prayer, or anything really, anything that the Spirit of God begins to deal with you about, and from the outside of that experience of grace, it always looks impossible. Bleak. I don't want to take, I'm afraid to take this. I'm going to fail it. There's always going to be the struggle of unbelief. And as long as that struggle is there, it is indicative that the will has not bowed the knee to the Word of God. That's why when you sit down with someone and talk to them and they begin to offer up excuses. Until you throw away your excuses. Until you say, I must do this. And God is going to help me to do it. And I dare not lay down the fight. You see, this is why this is so important. Because if God indeed wants to establish, if this is the foundation of our prayer life, and I believe that it is. If if the early morning devotional is the, the foundation of our prayer life, and we come to a place where we refuse to fight with the Holy Ghost to establish that, then we are in trouble. We're in trouble as individuals. We're in trouble as families. We're in trouble as a church. That's got to change. There cannot be one person in here that says, well, you pray in the morning. I'm going to sleep on in and pray later. Hey, but you pray, pray at your house. Amen. I'm not telling you, you know, you got to pray it. So I'm not telling you got to pray at Sister Keaton's or it's not a godly prayer. I'm not saying that. I believe, and I don't always go to the early morning prayer meeting because I go to work and I know some of you do too. But I believe what the church does, I believe is what God is telling us to do. 
Do you understand? I believe it's universally, universally applicable to every body of believers. If I were you, if I didn't have anything to do, or uh, you understand, and when I say, you know, I, I still pray in the morning, I still have an obligation to pray. You understand? You go to work, you have an obligation to pray. But if I was just up here and I didn't have anything to do or I didn't have to be at work, then I would make it, I would, I would believe, and you can ask my, this is the way I've practiced it all my Christian life. Amen. I would believe if I'm not there, amen, I'm going to forfeit a lot. I'm going to forfeit a lot. I wouldn't do that because of the pastor and I had never done anything because of a man. Amen. I've done it because God, God established it. He's just a vessel that said it. Amen? That's it. You, you, I believe you do believe me. But if you don't, ask her. Because I'd walk and say, that's it. That's what we're doing. Well, what? Are, it doesn't matter. That's it. That's what we're doing. That's God. God said it. We're doing it. That's what I would do. Amen? I quit fighting over the early morning prayer meeting. Amen? I'm not, I believe you're in leadership. You need to be there. Hallelujah, if you're not working. Other than that, I'm not going to wrangle with you about it because if you don't want to be there, it ain't going to do you any good anyway. But you need to want to be there. And if you, with, with your will, if you, with your will, will embrace it. I'm not telling you, Brother Brent, I embrace it with my will. And, I mean, I'm waking up at 4 in the morning and I can't even stay in bed at 5.30. It's not going to be like that. You're going to still want to sleep late. But with your will, choose it, believe it, love it, be dogmatic for it. Be jealous for that truth. And it will benefit you. You say, I, Brother Red, I, I go out at 3 in the afternoon, I go out at 5 in the afternoon, I go out at night, I have much better. Keep doing it! Just consecrate the day in the beginning to God. You understand? I'm not telling you. I, I, you know, I, I go out in the evening and I have such great, keep doing it! I'm not telling you to stop that. But rise up early and consecrate that day to God. Evelyn Underhill said this, Those who complain that they make no progress in the life of prayer because they cannot meditate. Now, let me just add a little something to this. This is a great quote here. But she's using the excuse, I'm not, you know, one who meditates well. But just throw in any excuse. I don't know what to say. I'm sleepy. I'm not a morning person. I got a lot of children. Whatever it is. Okay? Those who complain that they make no progress in the life of prayer because they cannot meditate, or whatever it may be, should examine not their capacity for meditation, but their capacity for love. For there is a hard and a costly element, a deep seriousness, a crucial choice in all genuine religion. That's the truth, friend. It isn't what you think it is. It's unbelief. That's what it is. However, once we embrace our moral duty, then we can move forward to appreciating every opportunity to fellowship with God. This is something always so um, brazen to me when I'm discussing prayer with people and there's this contention about prayer 
or their excuses. I mean, like it's, it's like only the devil fights. <laughs> the Holy Ghost will never fight prayer. The Holy Ghost is never going to fight. We should be appreciating opportunities to fellowship with God. In fact, by neglecting or shunning prayer, not only are we squandering our highest privilege, but forfeiting our greatest venue of grace. When we come to actually realize that in regards to prayer, and you know, there's a lot of things that can be said about prayer, and it is, of course, ultimately for the glory of God. It is ultimately to minister unto Him. But when you begin to really realize God's heart toward His people, God's heart toward you, He is always waiting. I can remember one of the things that God used uh, with me in, when I was a young Christian and uh, establishing a prayer life, and I was going out at that appointed time, and I can remember some nights I was weary and I didn't uh, you know, feel like going, and I would go to bed and I just pictured Jesus out there on the levee. Amen. He's faithful. He's waiting for me. Am I going to make Him wait for me? Uh, it compelled me to get up and get dressed and drive over there. And that's true for each of you. At that appointed time, Jesus is waiting to talk to you, to share with you, to commune with you. He is faithfully seeking us when we're not seeking Him. He is desiring to fill, to equip, to teach, to prepare, to comfort, and to empower us for the task at hand. That's His heart toward you. Listen to this verse, and these are really three verses. They're quoted a lot of times. Many times they're not quoted together in context. But when you read it in context, it really communicates this whole thought. It's Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Now that's quoted all the time, and sometimes it just never go any further. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. You know, as long as your will has not been surrendered to this necessity, this essential of the devotional life, and you don't have you, you're spending too much time resisting the conviction of the Spirit of God to really look in the Bible and see the nature and learn the character and the nature of God. That's why Jesus, you know, said, "All you that are heavy laden, you know, come to I'll give you rest. My burden is like my yoke is easy." Even because when we really see and believe what the Bible says about the nature of God, it will compel us to come. It's the same principle that, or analogy that I use all the time. If I had an endless uh, supply of finances, and I said, just come, whatever you have need of. If you ask, I'll give it to you. You'd be lined up at my door. I need 2000 I need 10000 I need 5000 I need 200 whatever it is. If you believe that, then you would take advantage of it. If we believe that God is, if we believe that He will meet the need, if we believe the answer is in Christ, amen, then we will seek Him. And we first must embrace, amen, prayer as our obligation. But once we do, it will become joy unspeakable. 
and full of glory. Amen. Many things, as I said, could be, you know, said about prayer. Prayer is a discipline, a duty, a passion, so forth and so on. And we say it all the time. We, we quote Brother Clendenin. I, I don't know if the, the statement is original with him, but it's a great quote. Whatever will take you out of that altar is going to sift you out of the kingdom or something, you know, along those lines. And that's the truth. And that's why it's so important, amen, that we do establish, amen, that discipline of early morning prayer, that it can be an anchor to the soul. Amen. Not the prayer itself but the communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. But first we must submit ourselves to the discipline of prayer. But ultimately, we must truly rejoice in it as a means to communicate with our ultimate love, who is God. And we recognize, if I don't fellowship with Him, I mean, what is eternal life? But to know, to walk, to enjoy, to minister unto God. That is eternal life. Amen. And we must learn to press in, seek His face. It's an absolute. That's why during this season, listen to me, we're going to pray through. We're going to preach on it. We're going to keep praying until we get through. Amen. And I believe, I, uh, I, I see, as it were, amen, a cloud, little bitty cloud, amen, but the cloud, amen, the size of a man. I feel some momentum being gathered. I do believe we're making progress, amen, but we're going to keep beating on this stone until we break it, amen. We're going to press in, amen, until, amen, God rains down mercy upon us. To close, amen, as you stand, F.B. Meyer said, watch the morning watch. Do not see the face of man until you have seen the face of God. Before you enter on the day with its temptations, look up into his face and hide his word in your heart. The early morning prayer. Amen. And it's an essential. Let's come into these altars. Make a fresh consecration to establish that in our life. Amen. You've never done it before, never really been successful. Friend, listen to me. Start out. Amen. Small. It doesn't matter. Just say, I'm going to cut. This is the day the Lord hath made. Amen. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad. Lord, I give you this day. I'm going to start this day out with you. Help me. I need your grace. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, that I'm born again. I thank, I do rejoice. You're holy. Oh, I love you, Lord God. Give me this day my daily bread. Lead me not into temptation. I'm going to consecrate this day to you. Order my steps. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you lay down that battle, pick it up again. Don't let the devil steal that day. Don't let the devil steal that time. Don't let the devil undermine what God wants to do.
but consecrate. Amen. The day, the first part of the day, give it to God. Amen. Give it to God. Spend time with Jesus. Amen. And you will be blessed. I said that you will be blessed. Praise the Lord. We love you. We're going to be uh, going out of town. Pray for us next week that we can be a blessing. Amen. And uh, I'll be preaching. Brother Charlie will be preaching as well. So remember us in prayer. Amen. Praise God. Brother Joel, would you dismiss us with prayer? God bless you. Hook someone as you go. We will see you next time.